I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, I'm apparently hooked on the letter P because I'm pumped for the return of Prison Break. And over the weekend, I watched Passengers, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Spring is here and blockbuster season isn't far behind. We'll take a look at what we're getting jacked for at theaters this summer. And we'll tell you what's new this week on Blu-ray, DVD, On Demand, Digital HD, and Netflix. First, it's the news. From the couch. Dairy's not like any town I've ever been in before. People die or disappear six times the national average. And that's just grown-ups. Kids are worse. The first teaser trailer has arrived this week for the big screen adaptation of Stephen King's It, which means I have turned down the speakers and Jeff does not have his headphones on because he's a scaredy cat, even though he did go see Get Out a couple weeks ago. Good for you, Jeff. The movie is set in Derry, Maine in the late 1980s and is about a group of kids called the Losers Club who discover that other kids have started to go missing, so they do some investigating. I saw something. There was this... It is Pennywise the Clown. At least that is how it likes to manifest itself for the most part. It is an evil entity, and it is scary as hell in this trailer. The book was released in 1986, a beastly novel at over 1,100 pages. It was adapted into a television miniseries in 1990 with Tim Curry playing the clown. This new one features Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, and the cast of kids features one of the kids from the Netflix series Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike Wheeler on that show. Kind of a nice touch that they got one of those kids because that show is largely inspired by Stephen King's It. It's directed by Andres Muschietti, who directed another scary movie called Mama. It was originally to be directed by Kerry Fukunaga, who helmed the first season of HBO's True Detective, but he dropped out for creative differences. By the way, more on True Detective in our next segment. This movie has been in development for nearly 10 years. If it is well received, there will be a part two where we see the kids all grown up as they return to Derry to battle once more with Pennywise. It opens September 8th. Another big trailer this week was for November's Justice League. We have to be ready. You, me, the others. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. The others. Where are they? That's Ben Affleck's Batman and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman talking about getting a gang together to fight what appears to be a race of fly people. I'm sure the comic book nerds know exactly what they are, but I'm fine with insect people for now. The others they mention are Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, played respectively by Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, and Ezra Miller. And so Batman and Wonder Woman round them up. Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. 
organic and biomechatronic body parts. He's a cyborg. You should probably move. Barry Allen. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. He's a Batman. The other new face we see is that of Commissioner Gordon, played here by J.K. Simmons. It's good to see you playing well with others again. Just like a bat. I dig it. Maybe temporary. However, noticeably absent from the proceedings is Superman. I'm going to make them suffer, Cal. These humans you've adopted, I will take them all from you one by one. You're a monster, Zod. Of course, he died at the end of Batman vs. Superman, but come on, no one believes that'll stick. For one thing, the last shot of that movie was his cough and vibrating, suggesting whatever was inside was not really dead. And for another thing, he's Superman. Plus, Henry Cavill is listed on the IMDb page for the Justice League, so Supes will be back in some capacity. We'll find out exactly how when the Justice League saves the world November 17th. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. What's up, guys? So, to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Do me a favor. Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? New trailer arrived this week for Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the latest Spider-Man movie, but the first that is officially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not counting Captain America Civil War, which, yes, had Spider-Man in it, but it wasn't his movie. This one is his movie and is set in Peter Parker's high school years, like Spider-Man originally was, so that means it features one of his nerdy high school friends named Ned Leeds. Can you summon an army of spiders? No, Ned, no. Do you know him too? Stole his shield. Can I try the suit on? It also features Michael Keaton playing a guy who is not one of Peter's friends, the Vulture. The rich and the powerful, like Stark, they don't care about us. The world's changing, boys. Time we change too. This is the third time, by the way. Michael Keaton has played a character who wears costumes of winged creatures, Batman, Birdman, Vulture. And his presence means Spider-Man wants to help, even if Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark tells him otherwise. These weapons are crazy dangerous. Listen, Peter, forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. Your League of Weapons Barry was at 2.30. You missed it. Even though he's Spider-Man and he has superpowers, the Vulture is a formidable foe. I screwed up. You need to stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want you to understand. I'll do anything to protect my family. I know you know what I'm talking about. So don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. I will warn you, this trailer gives away way more information than I am comfortable sharing, so watch it at your own risk. But it all looks great, and I'm excited for Spider-Man Homecoming to arrive on July 7th. The guy is still out there. I've just got to do this on my own. More news from The Couch up next, including Fargo and True Detective. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are The Couch Potatoes. Time now to continue with more news from The Couch. 
you wonder ever you're a bad man? The world needs bad men. We keep the other bad men from the door. True Detective Season 3 looks to be moving ahead. Remember True Detective? Season 1 took the world by storm on HBO in 2014, starring Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson as cops hunting a particularly nasty killer. Someone once told me that all your love, your hate, was all the same thing. It was all a dream. Dreams made a monster at the end of it. The eight-episode miniseries had some of the best stuff I've ever seen in a television show, although it sort of fell apart by the end. The overall result, though, was wonderful, so of course we wanted more. That led to a second season in 2015, starring Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, and Vince Vaughn. And while I like Vaughn, he felt a little out of place, partly because of clumsy dialogue throughout the whole season. This is your first. But if you use it right, the bad thing. You use it right and it makes you better, stronger. The war was lost. Maybe that dialogue would have been better in the hands of another actor. I don't know. But the script was full of oddities throughout the entire season. Like this line from Colin Farrell. If you ever bully or hurt anybody again, I'll come back and b your father with your mom's on this god lawn. 12 years old, my You. Actually, I quite liked that line. <laughs> as I look back on season two, it wasn't all bad. Farrell in particular did some great work as a broken man, and there is a wild shootout that is reminiscent of the shootout in Heat. Overall, though, the season was confusing and unsatisfying, so that was the end of True Detective. But here we are in 2017, along comes news that season 3 has been revived, and the show's creator, Nick Pizzolatto, has already written the first two episodes for a third season. And Emmy-winning writer-producer David Milch is coming on board. He's the guy behind shows like NYPD Blue and Deadwood. What were you doing? Cutting throats. Also, McConaughey himself has said he would love to reprise his role as Rust Cole from Season 1, but there's no word on what direction Season 3 is going to take. We should also mention a third season has not been formally greenlit by HBO, but they're working on it. Just what is it you think we found? Something deep and dark, detectives. Something deep and dark. The trailer for the upcoming fourth season of the HBO comedy Silicon Valley came out this week. Guys, he came in the back. Richard, we need to talk. Well, actually, let me just say something. Um, I'm quitting. Wait, what? Richard, I was waiting out front. They want to ambush you and replace you, but I had nothing to do with it. The show, which gets nominated for all the awards, follows the misadventures of Richard and his computer geek friends as they try to conquer the world of Silicon Valley. Their apps and algorithms are always in high demand, but they also seem to get screwed over or somehow snatch defeat from the jaws of victory at every turn. This year, Thomas Middleditch's Richard has a new genius idea. I want to build a new internet. You have the best technology that I've ever seen. You can change the world. Which brings us to the final crucial question. Now, Jared, we agreed not to do the drum roll. We 
We did. I only recently started watching Silicon Valley, bringing the first, or binging rather, the first three seasons about a month ago. It's a great show, very funny at times, especially the brutish louch Ehrlich, played by T.J. Miller. We are not shutting down. We are so close. When we get in the room, I'll do all the talking. There's something called mansplaining. Ladies, have you heard about We've, this? We know what I'm mansplaining is. I'm sure you think is. you know what it is, but... Silicon Valley also stars Zach Woods, Martin Starr, and Kumail Nanjiani. Each one funnier than the last. Silicon Valley returns for season four, Sunday, April 23rd on HBO. It worked. I mean, the VR is rad now. Rad? Gilfoyle, rad? You are wearing the same exact pajamas as Dinesh, and you're saying rad now? I don't know. I think we look rad. The full-length trailer for the upcoming season of Fargo also came out this week. What can we do for you here, Ray? Do you still owe me from what happened when we were kids? Ray? No, I'm talking to my brother. Happy to help, really, but where does it end? No tip? Oh, yeah. Get a real job. There's a lot of new footage in the trailer, but it doesn't make any sense because there's no context. All the advertising for Fargo is like that, on purpose. This season of Fargo, uh, the FX anthology series, is set in 2010. It stars The Leftovers' Carrie Coon, the Star Wars prequel trilogy's Ewan McGregor, Boardwalk Empire's Michael Stuhlbarg, 10 Cloverfield Lane's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, stand-up comedies Jim Gaffigan, and The Island of Dr. Moreau's David Thewlis. Fargo returns April 19th. Gloves are off now. Not a pretty picture. Feminine hygiene deployed as a weapon? Ow! Why don't you start from the beginning? This fella comes in. It wants a case of frozen orange juice concentrate, which... Is that... Can you make meth from that? Not last I heard. Fargo, Wednesday, April 19th, on FX. That is the news from the couch, and up next, right now, actually, why don't we do this oh, right now, yeah. tell you what's coming to home video this upcoming week. They call it the Death Star, but they have no idea there's a way to defeat it. What's that, Jeff? The hilarious raunch comedy Office Christmas Party. Yeah. Yeah, starring uh, the guy from the OJ show. No, actually, that was Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I don't know if you've heard of it, Brett, but... Uh, I think so. It did pretty good at the box office. Yes, I'm very excited for this. Another, just another smash hit from the new regime of mm-hmm. Star Wars. I loved this movie. What was the name of the robot? K2SO, was it? Something, I can't remember. I've only seen it the once. I saw it twice. He stole the movie. It's hilarious in it. You like the robot the I best? I really like the robot the best. Yeah, I uh, when I first saw it, I was blown away enjoyed it just as much if not more the second time out so i'm really excited to, and then it's been available on digital hd since Mar, uh since last week i guess something like that but yeah. hard copies this tuesday for everybody so that is going to be on both of the couch potatoes to-do lists mm-hmm. on tuesday office christmas party as jeff mentioned is in fact arriving on dvd blu-ray and on demand and such after being released on digital a couple of weeks ago speaking of digital what is uh we got the founder that's that one about ray crock the guy who came up with mcdonald's starring michael keaton and split is the shamalama ding dong movie right Yes, M. Night Shyamalan starring James McAvoy. Uh, critical and commercial success. Yeah. Looks like his star is rising once again. Back on top. He's out of director jail. He'll get to do what he wants next. Maybe he'll come up with something real crazy. Well, yeah, apparently this split, uh, I, 
I need to get to the movies more. I'm trying to get out to the movies more. I will see Split soon. If you're not going to the movies on Netflix, there's a new Louis C.K. special on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that. Like I uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? Yeah. Last week, yeah. Boon Times for stand-up comedy on Netflix. Yeah, they are really going all out, trying to land the uh, the big swingers, because that used to be all HBO territory. Yep, or the comedy Comedy Central, whatever the comedy channel in the U.S. is called. Okay. Yeah. So that is uh, what's new on home video this upcoming week and still to come on the Couch Potatoes. We'll talk about some of the movies we are getting excited for, for the blockbuster season, which is fast approaching, furiously approaching as well. Hello. Hint, hint. Hello. Also, I'll review, uh, I mean, a bit late now, but I rented it on demand. Passengers. We'll tell you about that next, as well as the return of Prison Break. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brady's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. I am excited for Tuesday, the return of the Fox series Prison Break. Let me first take you back to 2005. Most men would do anything to get out of prison. But Michael Schofield will do anything he can to get in. Perhaps the most ridiculous show of the first decade of this millennium, and one of the most entertaining. The story of two brothers. One's in jail, the other one is not in jail. So the one who is not in jail goes to jail so he can break his brother out of jail. I didn't kill that man, Michael. The evidence says you did. I swear to you, Michael, I'm getting you out of here. It's impossible. Not if you design the place it isn't. I know you're a structural engineer, Schofield. Look, whatever you got going on, fill me in. One of the partners in my firm got the contract to retrofit this place in 99. You've seen the blueprint. It was really popular in its first season, but it waned in popularity throughout its four seasons, which saw them break out of jail, go on the run, end up back in jail in Panama, then they broke out of that one, then took down a giant global conspiracy. It was insane, and it was so much fun. What do we do now? We run. Fast forward to 2015, Fox decides it's going to resurrect the show as one of those event series after the network's success with 24 Live Another Day from a few years ago. Michael was sick, and he died. But how do you explain that? Prison Break's back. So as mentioned, there were four seasons of Prison Break, and there was also a straight-to-DVD movie called The Final Break, which was released in 2009. And now we have a nine-episode fifth season. And we're planning our biggest escape. Looks like your brother might just be alive. You're telling me you're alive. Telling me where you are. If I needed to get to Yemen, what's something you could help me with? You can't imagine a more dangerous situation to be in, but all is not as it seems. All the people that you loved from the original prison break will all play a very significant role in helping Michael and Lincoln get out of that country. And that's great news because one of the show's biggest strengths was its ensemble cast, and they are all back for this new series. Michael's my best friend. I'm coming with you. Breaking out of prison is just the beginning. They have to break out of the country itself. They have him in here for working for ISIL, trying to take down the government. The canvas that we're using is the entire world. Everything is a threat from all sides, and you don't know who to trust. You need to look at all of the possibilities before you go walking into a war zone. He's my brother. 
Prison Break, as far as I understand, was always meant to be only two seasons. Season one, break out. Season two, run away. But they stretched it to a third season, which again, saw them go to jail in Panama. Season four was almost like this Ocean's Eleven style caper with lots of comedy. Now he's in prison in Yemen, and the break is on a global scale. And I'm hearing this week there could end up being a sixth season. So much for limited series event. The connection between the two brothers is a universal theme. It's love. It's blood. It's a story about loyalty, family, sacrifice. It's going to be incredibly exciting. I think that this is going to be better than the original Prison Break. I got you now, Michael. We're going to get you out of here. And by the way, if you want to watch the first four seasons of Prison Break, they are on Netflix. In the meantime, I watched a movie on my Shaw video on demand this week, The Space Adventure, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt, Passengers. We boarded the Avalon with a destination. 120-year cybernation means we'll wake up in a new century on a new planet. But a year ago, everything changed. Passengers arrived on home video mid-March. Jeff, did you end up seeing this when it was out? I did not. Okay. Any interest in seeing it? Uh, not. I, I. There was a little bit before it opened, and then I didn't hear a lot of great things about it, so... Everyone was just like, at best, it was like, whatever, so I passed. Yeah, that's kind of how I ended up being when it arrived in movie theaters. I really wanted to see it, and then I sort of avoided it, but I have been meaning to watch it. My curiosity for it never went away, so finally got around to watching it. Set in the future, Pratt and Lawrence play Jim and Aurora, two of 5,000 passengers on this spaceship, which is on a 120-year journey to another planet. But whoopsie, something happens in their pods wake them up, as you heard, 90 years early, and they can't go back to sleep, so they gon' die on the ship well before it ever makes it to this new world. It opened during the crowded box office season in late December, Earned managed to earn $99.8 million domestically, $299.3 million for a worldwide total, and it did not have the best reviews, 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that was part of the reason why I stayed away. Uh, but I have, like I said, remained curious, especially because the movie was the subject of not just bad reviews, but controversy as well. It was controversial because of something that happens in the movie. That is easy enough to find out what it is with a quick Google search. I mean, I knew about the thing that happens before the movie even opened. There's a chance you already know what it is, but in case you don't, I don't want to spoil it. In case you decide to one day watch this movie, Passengers. And even though I don't have a glowing review for it, I'm still glad I ended up watching this movie. One, it's a gorgeous film to look at. It's got great visual effects and tremendous sets. In fact, it was nominated for an Oscar for production design uh, and also as an FYI on the Oscar front, nominated for Best Original Score. And it has a great cast. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is so good in everything she's in. I always forget just how good she is. She's charming and funny, but she also brings a level of intensity that very few actors have. And she elevates what are sort of normal roles into she makes them feel so genuine and real. Chris Pratt does not have that intensity. I like Chris Pratt. 
but he doesn't quite have the range yet to come anywhere close to matching Lawrence. He's a great funny man, but he wasn't quite up to the task as far as the drama is concerned. He wasn't bad, he just wasn't great. Michael Sheen is also in this. He plays an android bartender. He's pretty much great in everything he does. Like the Queen. He's great in the Queen, where he plays the Prime Minister. He also played uh, a werewolf in the Underworld movies. That's right. He was the the, the boss. big bad of the werewolves. Right? That's right. Well, he was the boss. He wasn't so much a big bad. He was misunderstood. Yeah. Uh, but he managed to class that movie up too. As for the big thing that happens in the movie, Chris Pratt does something that is seen by many as morally reprehensible and borderline criminal. It's not criminal. But when you think about it in a certain way, it kind of is. There was a significant outcry about it from the social justice warriors of the world. Some of the reviews I read were along the lines of, it made me sick to my stomach. I'm not going to say that anyone who had that kind of a reaction to this movie is wrong, but I would be curious to see what their reaction would be if the roles were reversed and it was Jennifer Lawrence's Aurora who did the bad thing. Also, it's a fictional sci-fi movie, so there's no real reason to get that. I know. People get, they get on their high horse about things that really... Why would that make you sick to your stomach? I could see it turned you off the movie. Fine. Yeah. Sick to your stomach. Come on. I know. It's... uh, Like I said, I don't want to say they're wrong, but I sometimes I think people get upset about things that really, in the grand scheme, don't matter. By the way, Aurora, not so subtle, Sleeping Beauty nod. I don't have a problem with the bad thing that Chris Pratt's character did, because it is an interesting, it ends up providing an interesting study of human nature. I mean, how would we handle ourselves if we wake up 90 years early and realize that we're going to basically live out the rest of our life on a spaceship? I like the way the movie handled itself when it comes to this. Right up until the end, which was, I think, a little too tidy and disappointing. Also, here's another complaint. They're on this fancy ship capable of transporting 5,000 people to another planet, but they can't figure out how to develop a fail-safe if the pods malfunction. I don't know. They, they do often say in the movie the pods aren't supposed to fail. They can't fail. It's kind of like the Titanic. It's, oh, it can't sink. Yeah, well, you'd think, did no one learn the lessons of the Titanic? I mean, come on. Well, maybe that was the point, you know, focusing on our hubris to simply say that the pods will never fail so they don't come up with a contingency plan. Is it also a situation where these 5,000 people, are they like Earth's last remaining hope? Like, is there anyone left behind? Will life still go on on Earth? And yeah. These people are just pioneers? No, life goes on on Earth, but okay. they're just branching so out. To... I thought maybe it was like the final 5,000 people, and if the pods fail, that's just the end of human humanity. Forever. Oh, no, it so wasn't like that. that. So stakes aren't that high, but just high enough for these 5,000 people in particular. Yeah, and I guess I guess they also wouldn't have a movie if they had yeah. a, a fail-safe for the pods. So <laughs> that's fair and enough. And then in the second minute, he fixed the problem from the first minute, and it, over, it was over. And the movie's over. <laughs> and here's another complaint, and this is really nitpicky, but there's one scene where they fly right beside a star. Wouldn't that like melt, melt their ship yeah, or, or at the very least blind them? I don't know. You can't uh, get within 100,000 miles of a star. Come on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a star. That did, Whatever. Bottom line, the movie really makes you think about what is right and wrong. And I really, really liked that part of it. You know, what would you do if you were in Chris Pratt's shoes? The movie looks great. Chris Pratt is mostly good, although he's not quite up to it for the drama stuff. Whereas Jennifer Lawrence is sensational. The movie's kind of slow at times, kind of clumsy at times. But for a renter, 
I was entertained, and I enjoyed the moral dilemma that leads to the bad thing Chris Pratt does. So I'll give Passengers three couch cushions out of five. Up next, we'll talk about some of the big movies we are excited for for the blockbuster season. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And blockbuster season usually starts in April. Bit of a weird year, though, this year. We've already had a few blockbusters like Logan, Beauty and the Beast, and Kong Skull Island, all in a three-week stretch in March. And actually, April has fewer big tentpole pictures than March did, luckily, though. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year, the big one in April. The Fate of the Furious, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 8. Take the wheel. What? This is crazy. Ah. All right, you get style points for that one. Hang on to your ass. Hard to fathom, but Fast 8, I call it Fast 8 because I can't, their titling is just so weird. It's the fate of the Furious. Looks even crazier than the first seven movies, but there should be just, you know, literally just pure fun is what these movies are. So I'm jacked for that. That's the big one for April, I think. And then uh, we start heading into some of the more traditional kind of uh, fare for the summer blockbusters. A bunch of superhero movies that I know you're looking forward to, Brett. Me too. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man and Wonder Woman. In that order? Uh, Guardians, May 5th, Wonder Woman is no, June no, 2nd. I, looking forward to them in that. Oh, moment. I see. Uh, Spider-Man, Guardians, okay. Wonder Woman. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, there's also the Christopher Nolan's World War II epic Dunkirk. That may be very good as well. It's hard to tell from the trailer, but I guess that's going to count as a blockbuster because it looks like it should do pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think the other one though that I'm really looking forward to is another monkey movie and it's called War for the Planet of the Apes. Human gets sick, ape gets smart. Then human kill ape, but not me. I run. There are times when it is necessary to abandon our humanity to save humanity. I usually don't get really pumped with anticipation for these movies, but they do usually end up very high on my best of the year list. And I mean, King Kong was fun, but that monkey couldn't talk like these ones can. So uh, those would be my five, I think, would be uh, Furious 8, Guardian, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, and War for the Planet of the Apes. So War for the Planet of the Apes opens in July. That is July 14th, I think. Yes, July 14th. And uh, Fate of the Furious, or F8. Uh, that opens on April 14th. Yeah, that's just a couple, two weeks away. You must be so excited. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> I still, it still... Still boggles. blows your mind that I'm into this stuff? Well, yeah, I remember <laughs> you You didn't like Vin Diesel, and you didn't like The Rock, and you thought it, the Fate of the Fast and the Furious movies look stupid, and which one stupid. did you watch first? One. You watched them in order? Yeah. Okay. I watched the first six in three days, though. What prompted you to do that? Uh, a, a friend of mine kept nagging me. He's like, you gotta, you're going to love these movies. And they're like, he's like, the first four aren't very good, but five and six were awesome. And you should watch them. And then we can go see number seven <laughs> in a few weeks when it comes out. So that's exactly what I did. All right. I haven't looked back since. Well, good for you. Uh, as far as the movies that I am excited about for, I mean, the summer movie season, it's getting harder, I think, to define where it begins because well, traditionally yeah. it's May to August, so May through to August, and Marvel always lays claim to the first weekend of May. Every year for, I don't know how many years now, Marvel a Marvel movie opens the summer season, but with the Fast and the Furious movies debuting mostly in April, that kind of seems like an unofficial kickoff 
oh, the yeah. blockbuster that's, season. That is the hubris of Vin Diesel. He's like, oh, it starts in May? No, I'm putting my movie out two weeks earlier, <laughs> and that's when it starts. But then, like I said, I mean, Beauty and the Beast is going to be top five for the year, I would think. Oh, yeah, it is. It's not just... top two. I mean, there's no Star Wars later in the year, but you know what I mean? That's, oh. But Beauty and the Beast is huge. Yeah, it, uh, Beauty and the Beast is going to make a lot more money. It's already made tons. But I guess I would, I didn't really put up a list of my top five. I just sort of went through the summer and picked out some movies that I'm excited about. Yeah. Of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, like you mentioned, that opens on May 5th. Alien Covenant, May 19th. This is the follow-up to Prometheus, which I liked, but I was so confused by that movie. And I think that's by design. It was not meant to be clear, and it's sort of a, a piece of a larger puzzle. And I'm hoping that Alien Covenant will answer some of those questions. And if it doesn't, well, at least it, it looks scary and thrilling. May 26th, Baywatch comes out, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Alexandra Daddario, to name a few members of the cast. That movie looks funny. Wonder Woman, June 2nd. I am excited for this. I think Gal Gadot uh, looks tremendous in this role. You know, she brings a real sort of intensity to the character. And I'm, I'm just, I'm pulling for DC. They need a win. And I would love for that win to come in the form of the first film start with a, a female superhero. Yeah, and, and you sort of just want it to come like right away. So, because, you know, if Wonder Woman's good, then we'll all think it'll go into Justice League thinking that'll actually be good, you know? Yeah. So if Wonder Woman is not good, then DC and Warner Brothers could have some problems. Uh, June 9th, The Mummy. I'm excited about that. And uh, then Rough Night. We mentioned that. It's a comedy starring Scarlett Johansson and Kate McKinnon. Uh, Spider-Man July 7th, and that's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.